you making shady wine into this microphone? I was trying to get her to because she just came in. Oh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> My brother's trying to help us with animal Kitty. cast here. Kitty. Welcome to Stargazing, a Stargate gazing podcast. I'm your host, Kathy. And I'm your other host, Mary. And each week we discuss an episode of Stargate beginning with Stargate SG-1. Hello. God damn it. Hello. Hi. Oh, there we go. Okay. Hi. Hi. (laughs) Sorry. The first hello you said came out my speakers, but then it came into my headset. So. Gotcha. We're good. I like your name. Plugging in mic helps. This is true. Typically. Yes. I had not done that initially, and Cast was like, would you like to plug in a microphone before you start? <laughs> it is a little bit harder to record a podcast when only one person has a microphone. Yes, unless it is yeah. a solo podcast. True, which obviously this is not. Or is it? Maybe we are just one person pretending to be two. You don't know. You don't know. Nobody knows. No one's ever seen us in the same place at the same time. Nobody knows that our Instagram photos aren't photoshopped. Exactly. We just pretend to go places with other people. Exactly. And take selfies. Exactly. We only pretend to talk over each other all the time. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <In> episodes. <laughs> it's easy to do when you've got two separate tracks. Hell yeah. How's it going? It's going okay. Feeling much better after my... Uh, I was unfortunately quite ill on Friday and then That's was awful. sort of recovering yesterday. <laughs> It's terrible. I ate bad food and then was bad. It was That's all terrible. bad. <laughs> Did you report them to the health department like I suggested? I have not. I'm like worried that maybe it was me and I just ate too much of their food. And <laughs> Well, I mean, even if that is the case, they would do an investigation and figure out, okay, it's just that one person that got sick. So probably it wasn't something that originated from this restaurant. But True. if you and several other people report being sick then they need to shut that restaurant down. fair all right i will have a look at the form then. yeah that's yeah. that that's going to be part of their investigation is figuring out did anyone else get sick if it's a one-time off thing they're not going to blame the restaurant for that okay because that could be you know anything that you got exposed to anywhere yeah or you know maybe i just have it out for that restaurant yeah or that or maybe you're just an <laughs> asshole which is also possible and people do that so <laughs> They're going to keep that in mind when they're doing their investigation. I went to eat somewhere and then 10 days later I was sick. (laughs) Yeah, I would not be surprised about people doing that at all, too. It's not my food. It's their food 10 days ago. Yeah, totally. (laughs) Definitely food stays in your system for that long. (laughs) For sure. Yeah. So I started playing this sort of puzzly type game called Freshly Frosted. Which is, you're basically making donuts, but not really. Like, (laughs) the donuts pop out of the (laughs) oven, and then you have to put toppings on them. But you have to, like, figure out the conveyors to get it to the counter. It's kind of fun. and it That sounds entertaining. It was not expensive, and it's very soothing. It's another one of those, the music is very soothing. And it's also a very, like, upbeat and encouraging narrator. Excellent. I need a game like that. Is this on Steam? Yes. Okay. And when I bought it, it was on sale for even less than it normally is. So, yeah. I'll have to keep this in mind. I've actually been wanting a new Steam game. Yeah. That I can play on my laptop. Woohoo. Yeah. 
So how, how are you? I'm good. I'm trying not to stress about next weekend, which is the Mount Washington Road Race. Oh, um, right. And it's supposed to rain all weekend. Oh, God. <laughs> so Kathy is, everybody, Kathy is an amazing person and she's my hero. She's going to puppy sit for my beloved puppies while I'm gone because we were going to take them with us and go camping right at the base, conveniently located for the start of the race. But if it's going to rain all weekend, yeah, we're not going to go camping. And we're not, even if we did go camping on our own, I've camped in crappy weather. I don't like to, but you know, I have. But definitely not taking the dogs with us, even if we did go camping. <laughs> Fair. Which we're keeping an eye on the weather. And if it's just going to be a little rainy here and there, I might still just camp anyway. But again, dogs haven't been camping before. And these dogs anyway. <laughs> And I don't want to subject them to that because Coconut gets so sad when there's rain and Lily gets terrified when there's thunder and it would just be a disaster. (laughs) That would be terrible. (laughs) So regardless, dogs are staying home no matter whether we end up in a hotel or at um, the campground after all. Did you find a ride down? I did. Yeah. So I had a ride down. My sister helped me out because they use Facebook and I don't have Facebook anymore. So my sister found me a ride down, but then the person gave my sister the wrong phone number. So I couldn't get in touch with the person. And then she gave my sister the right phone number and I texted her and didn't hear back from her for like a week. So I tried calling her and her voicemail was full. And I'm like, great, I'm going to be stranded at the top of the mountain. It's going to be like 30 degrees and raining. I'm going to have no way to get down. Because originally I was like, well, worst case scenario, I walk or run back down not the end of the world it would be you know kind of sucky but not the worst thing ever but when the weather being the way that it's going to be i'm like no, i don't want to spend an extra like hour and a half trying to get back down no. for anyone who doesn't know the mount washington road race is like a 7.6 mile race with a think like 4,000 foot elevation change up the mount washington yeah. auto road so and it's a persistent uphill the whole way there's no yeah. relief no. at all on any switchbacks or anything <laughs> no and i'm definitely underprepared for it i've got the distance down fine i went 11 miles the other day so i'm not worried about that but i've definitely not been doing enough hill running and so that combined with what is likely to be shitty weather it's gonna be a kind of terrible time yeah <laughs> so we'll see how it goes well you've got a little bit of a hilly training coming up today I do. I will be doing... Sorry, my screen randomly turned off for no apparent reason. that's weird. now it's back on, so everything (laughs) is fine. I do have the Litchfield Hills Road Race that I'm doing pretty much right after this recording, which is about the same distance, but from what I hear, it's only got one big hill on it towards the end. Is that right? That's what I'm hearing. Yeah, it it wasn't as bad as it sounded, except for that it comes towards the end, and you're like, dear God, is this not over yet? That I can deal with. When I lived in New Hartford, which I no longer live in, but it was all hills all the time. So I was very well trained on running hills, but (laughs) there are not, there are still some hills around here where I'm living now and I can go seek them out and I have been, but it's definitely not as hilly as it was. It doesn't, it looks over there. Down here, it's a little hazy. Is it going to be overcast while you're doing this? I think it's supposed to be a little bit hazy, but like, so partly sunny, partly hazy. I don't think there's a air quality warning so we've been dealing with all the smoke from the wildfires i actually wore a mask while i was out running my 11 miles the other day because of the air quality warning i sent my students home early a day this week because of the air quality warning and the classroom smelled like smoke so i was like all right well let's just do a quick 45 minute lab and then hopefully finish tomorrow when the air will be less awful (laughs) maybe yeah (laughs) so it's been an interesting week with that i don't think it's supposed to be too awful out there today a little a little warm but that's it Woo! Yeah, so that's my life right now. <laughs> nice. Running and then more running and being grateful to Kathy for taking care of my sweet little puppies. Aww. 
who I'm sure will be so excited because they love Kathy so much. <laughs> I'll be excited too. Yay! <laughs> Excellent. They're very cute. They're good they girls. They are very cute. They are good, good girls. The best girls. Yeah. <laughs> you know who's not a good, good girl? <laughs> Who would that be? The opposite of a good, good girl. <laughs> that would be near to you. What? <laughs> she is a bad, in fact, bad she's girl. very bad in this episode. <laughs> that was good. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> what are we talking about today? <laughs> today we're talking about Stargate SG-1 Season 6 episode 16 yes metamorphosis yay i think it was 16 yeah yeah that sounds about right yeah we start in an elevator where sam and jonas are in there and jonas is flirting with a nurse <laughs> who is in the nurseiest nurse outfit that i've seen right? on this show seriously it was weird it's basically like that white dress yeah yeah <laughs> That hasn't been worn since, like, the 60s. Yeah. Maybe even the 50s. <laughs> the nurse leaves and... Lieutenant Rush, ah. which is kind of funny because it could just be Lieutenant Crush. Yeah. Yeah. that was somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's that guy's sister. Sam is teasing Jonas about his flirting. And Jonas says he's thinking about asking out Lieutenant Rush slash Crush slash Rush. <laughs> Rush Crush. He hints, not hints, he basically says outright, hey, Sam, you know, if you wanted to say something to her in passing, like they're high school kids or junior high, I don't know. Right? Ridiculous. <laughs> Sam calls him chicken and then is cut off. She calls him chicken shit. Yes. <laughs> she was not actually cut off. They just drowned her out with ah. the alarm. But I actually rewound the scene and I could definitely hear her actually say the T part. Chicken shit. <laughs> and she definitely made the mouth shape of it. So I thought that was funny. I don't think that you're supposed to say that word on that channel at that time. <laughs> but they managed. They did. With the blaring of the, oh no, unscheduled off-world activation happening, Sam and Jonas rush towards the control room. They get there and... Walter reports that the Russian team is coming through and they need medical assistance. Sam orders the iris opened and calls Hammond and Jack to the room. The Russian team comes through and they've got a visitor with them. A guy who looks terrible. Yeah, he's very gross. Yes, he's gross, dirty, sickly. It's not good. Wet. So wet. Yes, and wet. Jonas is like, I thought aliens weren't allowed back without permission. And Sam's like, they're not. They head down to the gate room where Jack also arrives and is like, what the hell? Why did you bring this person back? <laughs> and the Colonel Ivanov, Ivanov, Ivanov. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, my pal Alibran here has very important information about Nirti. And that information is that she's been experimenting on his people. <laughs> and Ivanov takes a moment to pointedly tell Jack, I knew you would want to know because you allowed her to go free. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, wow, dude. 
but yeah. Yep. And that's the yeah. end of uh, the opening. Credits. Credits. Woo. After credits, Hammond finally gets down to the gate room with Fraser, and they ask what's going on. Hammond, of course, is pretty pissed off to see that the Russians have brought somebody back with them. Ivanov tells everybody that just arrived about Alibran being a victim of Nirti, and everything is terrible, and he was certain that Hammond would want to act, so that's why he brought Alibran back. And Alibran chimes in, and he promised you could help us. <laughs> Jack's like, great. Has he? <laughs> Fraser steps in, asks if he's in pain, and the guy says he is, but it's nothing he can't endure. He's more concerned with getting help for his people than he is for himself. That's honorable. Indeed. So she's going to go take him down to isolation room three, and then they all go down to the infirmary. Alibran is hanging out on a gurney, getting checked after. Ivanov is still there talking to everybody about the situation. He says that they found him near the Stargate while they were doing some recon of Nirti's fortress on whatever planet this was. And Alibran said that all of his people are being held prisoner inside that fortress. They thought that Nirti was trying to help all of them. But then he kept seeing all of his people die in really horrible ways and so started to question her and she just let him go. He was told that he was well enough to return home, but when he got home, there was not actually any home to go to because everyone in his village was dead, which is terrible. Yes. So the only people that are left of his village are the very sick people that are in the fortress with her right now. Jack's like, well, you look fine to me. And I was like, does he? He's disgusting. <laughs> he is soaking wet. His copious amounts of chest hair are wet and matted down to his chest, which is gross. And he's just like profusely sweating and dirty and looks awful. So it's <laughs> like, what the hell are you talking about, Jack? <laughs> then he starts talking about, he, meaning Alibran, starts talking about this machine that everybody is getting treated with and that it can see inside you and make changes from the inside. So, of course, Fraser just jumps to the conclusion, it must be altering DNA in real time. <laughs> How she gets that from his description, I don't know, because to me it sounded like he was either talking about an x-ray being able to see inside or arthroscopy talking about making changes inside. But no, she jumps right to the microscopic level and DNA instead. But of course we know that that's going to be true. So She's very intuitive, Mary. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, very true. Tilk thinks that Nirti's trying to create a hawk tower. Hawk tower? Hawk, yeah. Hawk, hawk yeah, tower? Whatever. Yeah. H-O-K apostrophe. T-A-U-R. Whatever that is. Which would be an advanced human that could potentially act as a host for a Guawult. They talk about the fact that they already know that Nirti's been using eugenics before, like with Cassandra's people when she was selectively breeding them, which is awful. So it's not really that huge of a leap in logic to think that she might be trying to now just straight up alter the DNA of a population that is already extant without breeding them, but just taking them and modifying their DNA. And they can't let that happen, of course. Ivanov says that he knows she's got a small number of Jaffa but he's pretty sure that they can take them all out and possibly even assassinate her if possible. So that's what their plan is. They're going to head back to the planet. They're going to try to get by all the Jaffa and into the fortress, free all the peoples, and then kill Nirti in the process. But then things start to go downhill for Alibran. <laughs> they do. Yep. Downer, hillier. I don't know. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Suddenly he says that something is happening. 
and everybody else in the room realizes, what if he's actually a weapon like Cassandra was? So they all start freaking out. They're trying to get him to an x-ray to see if there might be some sort of a bomb in him. They rush him out into the corridor, and the guy starts having a seizure. But it's a very wet seizure. He starts yelling, kill me, before he like fully goes into convulsions. And then all kinds of water is coming out of his mouth as he's seizing and screaming in agony. Then he just gets really puffy and then melts, like just falls yeah. apart into a disgusting puddle. And it was quite disturbing and gross. It was gross. And it had very much to me, uh, it felt like the first X-Men movie where Magneto puts that senator guy through his machine and then he ends up melting in Professor X's lab. Oh, I totally forgot about that. I haven't seen that movie in forever. That was a lot cleaner and a little less gross. <laughs> yeah, but this was they were very graphic about yeah. how wet and just <laughs> disgustingly yeah. liquidy this was. Yeah, cuz I think in the X-Men movie that guy like basically turned clear and then turned into water where this was just like guts. Okay, I think I vaguely remember that. Yeah, this guy didn't turn clear first. He just (laughs) threw up a bunch of water and then turned into a red puddle. Yeah. (laughs) But then that red puddle, as it fell to the floor, became clear. I don't know. It was weird. So they call for a hazmat team, and you'd think that they would want to quarantine everybody on the floor, but they don't, of course. (laughs) Carter says, Near team must have written some kind of time delay right into his DNA. (laughs) Uh, yet another random leap in logic that means nothing and is just so bizarre but of course that's what we're gonna go with yeah (laughs) and Fraser's like yeah nothing we could have (laughs) done end long scene yes (laughs) it was a long scene so weird just such a weird scene after this grossness Jack and Hammond are walking along with Ivanov Hammond is asking Jack how soon he's going to be ready. Jack's like, we're ready to go now and I want to take SG3 with me. But Ivanov's like, actually, can I go? Jack's like, no. But Hammond's like, well, they've been there before. They've gathered intelligence. Ivanov's like, yeah, I can take you right into Nirti's fortress. So Jack is like, fine. So Hammond didn't order it. He convinced Jack. (laughs) Of course. And I guess they take them instead of SG-3, because I don't think there's any reference to SG-3 yeah. again after no, this. No, they don't take SG-3, which I thought was like, why, why didn't just take an extra team? But they didn't. The more, the merrier. Because <laughs> later on, needless to say, later on, they get into trouble. And I was like, if only they had brought SG-3 with them also. But no. <laughs> yeah. Ivanov goes to get ready. Hammond's like, yes, Jack, you have to do this. Like it or not, we need to integrate the Russians. And Ivanov's a fine officer, and you're in command, though. And Jack's like, I'll remind him of that. Next, everyone's gotten ready and headed through the Stargate. And they're now on Nirti's planet. Yeah. One of the guys that came out of the gate just did, like, a really odd side shuffle into place. I was like, what the hell is that guy doing? (laughs) I did not notice that. (laughs) I don't know. It's just weird. Maybe he likes to use that, you know, energy coming out of the gate to just You know, have his own style flourish. It looked like he was trying to be stealthy. Oh. (laughs) But he wasn't low to the ground or anything. He was standing fully upright and just kind of shuffling to the side Uh. rather than like being crouched down and obviously not hiding behind anything because they were coming down the steps where there was no coverage anyway. So I was like, what is he doing? (laughs) (laughs) Just having some fun. Apparently. (laughs) Ivanov lets them know that this fortress is guarded only by 10 Jaffa. 
So that's not too bad. No. Teal could take all of them out with his one hand. Right? Especially because these were like the least threatening Jaffa that I think we've ever seen to date. Mm -hmm. It kind of reminded me of when I was a kid, I lived right next to the elementary school that I went to. And like a couple nights a week, all of the dads that were in town would gather and play softball and then drink beers out of the back of their cars for a while. (laughs) And I was like, did they like just not have enough extras one day and then just drive by a bunch of like just middle-aged men (laughs) playing softball in a field and I'm like, yeah. Those guys will do. Because kind of like, to me, it looked like what they did here. <laughs> These guys were completely non-threatening. Most of them had grayish hair. And, you know, I'm of an age to be having gray hair, too. So I'm not saying that you can't be fit at that age. But <laughs> these guys just looked not at all threatening. They didn't look mean or angry. They were not particularly large or muscular. And in fact, all of their uniforms were fitting really badly, which made me think that they were all actually kind of too small for their uniforms. <laughs> it was weird. So that's what Mary sees when she scouts the Jaffa. Yeah. Yeah. Sam says they're well positioned wherever they're like guarding. Jack orders Sam and Jonas to create a diversion. And they do. They set off some explosives. And (laughs) was this the explosion? Was this just a distraction? There was an explosion in this firefight. It was really Mm -hmm. funny. (laughs) Like, the Jaffa were just like, ah, and, like, spread out and flying across the screen. I don't know. It was just very funny. Anyway, there's an explosion. There's a firefight. They kill all the Jaffa. Yeah, because they're not ready to fight. They're ready to play softball. Exactly. (laughs) They know how to use bats, not staff weapons. Yeah. Even the one guy who looks like he might not get away. Nope. Jack kills him. That guy was trying to steal home plate. Yep. It didn't work. <laughs> Jack orders Ivanov and his team to stay there and keep an eye out while SG-1 moves forward to the fortress. In the fortress, they have a look around and find some people dressed like monks with hoods up over their head and they're wearing like burlap robes asking that SG-1 not hurt them. Jack asks where Nerdy is, but the way he pronounces it always sounds like he's saying, where's Nerdy? Yeah. Where's Nerdy? <laughs> so I was like, wait, who? Oh. <laughs> Has he always done that? I don't think so. <laughs> not that I've really noticed before, yeah. but I was like, who the hell is he talking about? Oh, Nerdy, I guess. <laughs> not Nerdy. All right, whatever. Nerdy. Yeah, so she's not there. They ask when she'll be back. They don't know, but she's going to have to be back soon for their treatments because she's helping them. They were all very sick, and she saved their lives. The guy lowers down his hood, and all of them are very deformed with, like, swollen heads. One guy has, like, some of his fingers merged together so that he's got two giant fingers instead. They've got, like, all kinds of boils and sores on their faces. Last but not least, my favorite plague, boils and sores. I don't think her experiments are going very well, nor does it really look like she's actually helping them, as they claim. <laughs> Do you think maybe she just did some of that for fun? Yeah, <laughs> could be. She's like, well, I'm in here messing around with her DNA. Yeah. Let's see what happens if we move somebody's eye to the side of their head. Yeah. I didn't even notice that until later in, and I was like, oh, no! <laughs> <I know. laughs> it's like three scenes from now that I was like, what is going on with Wodan's head? <laughs> Yeah, that's gross. So one of them had an eye behind his ear, which was yeah. disgusting. 
could be. Just yeah. fucked up. Maybe she was just trying to help him see behind him better, but <laughs> just failed. Or yeah, maybe she was just fucking with him. <laughs> Let me give this other guy three fingers instead of five, and two of them will be giant and impractical. The locals continue to insist that Nirti is their god, and she is helping them, and she cured them all of their sickness. Tilk says this is most unlikely. <laughs> But they mentioned the plague that befell their people when she got there, but she cured them all. And now they're all still alive because of her and her machine. <laughs> Jack is like, um, this is cured? <laughs> Woodan talks about his brother Alibran, who was sent back to the village because he was made whole again. And everyone's like, uh-oh. <laughs> we know that name. Tilk tells Wodan that his brother is dead. But Wodan's like, no, he just went home. That's all. Everything's fine. Nothing's wrong. They, of course, SG-1 plus even off SG-1.25 tells Wodan and the others that they just came up through the village. Nobody's alive down there and they know Alibran and Alibran is dead. Or Jack says, maybe it was a different Alibran. It's a popular name. <laughs> All of the locals continue to insist, nope, she's our god. She's helping us. Blah, blah, blah. Sam is taking a look at the machine. She figures that it's an incredibly advanced piece of technology. She thinks it was probably built by the ancients rather than the Gua'uld. Jack is going to go and brief Evenoff. Oh, I guess it's, I guess Evenoff wasn't there for oh. that. So it's just SG-1 that's there. SG-1, not SG-1.25. <laughs> Jack tells Tilk to go take the fine folk of this planet, the fine folk, the fine few of them that are left, someplace where they can be comfortable. And he promises that they're going to help them. Needless to say, these guys are very reluctant to believe Jack. Because, of course, what reason has SG-1 given them to <laughs> believe them? Like, you come to this planet and say your god is fake and making you sick with no evidence to support that. Of course, they're not going to believe you, Jack. It's not at all surprising that they're being led into a trap, as we see shortly. <laughs> Did you want to note that Egger... Uh, notes that Jack plans to kill Nirti. Oh, I forgot about that part. I should, because that's important. <laughs> a guy named Egger, which reminded me of Egger suit. Exactly. It's like something that's wearing air, like a suit. An Egger suit. <laughs> As Jack is leaving, Egger says, you're going to kill Nirti. And that's when Jack goes into his diatribe of like, well, you just need to trust me, which obviously they're not going to do. <laughs> yeah. Jack goes to see Evanov to tell him Nirti's not home. She's on her way back, and he would like Evanov to set up an ambush. And by the way, we have to take her alive because she knows how to run the machine in there, and we don't, so we need her. And also, did you talk to any of the people in the fortress? And Evanov's like, no. And then Jack's like, probably nothing, and I'll relieve you later. And I was like, why did he ask that? I don't know, because I figured that would come back later, but yeah. then it doesn't. Yeah. Really. That was that scene. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> would you like to continue? Sure. Meanwhile, Jonas and Tilk are being led down to basically a prison in the basement by Egger and Woden. Jonas is like, you guys sleep here? This doesn't seem like a place for people who are being helped by Nirti. That's my commentary. It right. looks like a prison. It sure does. Yeah. Hence all the iron bars. Yeah. 
Yeah. Wodan demonstrates his fancy magic powers. So he's not mm. just deformed. He has magical powers. He is telekinetic. Yes. He raises the gate of the cell. There we go. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, you can't harm Nirti and we're not going to let you. That seems kind of silly if you really believe that Nirti is your god. Why would you need to protect her? She should be able to protect herself. She's immortal if she's truly a god. So they shouldn't feel the need to protect Nirti. They shouldn't be worried at all that SG-1 could do anything to her. Maybe they're doing it out of love <laughs> for her. <laughs> As a favor. Yeah. Just to make her day a little easier, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. She could save herself, but let's just do it for her so she doesn't have to worry herself exactly. with that. Teal'c and Jonas are like, oh, crap, and raise their guns and are like, get in the cage <laughs> when it's clearly <laughs> obvious they intend for Teal'c and Jonas to go in the cage. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that was pretty funny. And then Oren uses his telekinesis to gank away their weapons. They both grab their secondary weapons, but those are also ripped away. <laughs> Why did they expect any different outcome? I don't know. Maybe <laughs> they were the going to try to hold on to it harder. Uh, I guess. And then Tilk tries to charge them, but Woden is able to stop him with his hand. And in fact, Tilk starts flailing backwards, <laughs> which was, was very funny. <laughs> it was almost hilarious as when he was tumbling on his head <laughs> up on the Prometheus. Yeah. Meanwhile, Corin Nimic took the scene as just standing there and leaning slightly forward, looking confused. <laughs> so Christopher Judge was way better in this scene. Yeah. It was great. Oren, though, knocks them both down and flings them with his telekinesis into the cell and closes the door. I also loved the expression on Teal'c's face when this was happening. <laughs> it was a good Christopher Judge scene. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Loved it. Yeah. He even takes their radios... So they can't tell anyone what's happened to them. Jonas is like, you're making a mistake. And Woden's like, no, you've made a mistake. Nirti's coming. Burn. Bwahaha. Yes, exactly. Burn. Yeah. In whatever room this is that's got the device in it, Sam is trying to check it out. She tries to radio to Jonas because she wants his help trying to figure out the technology or maybe the writing on it or whatever. But of course, Jonas isn't responding. She radios to Jack to tell him that she can't get in touch with Jonas. So Jack tries to radio Jonas and Teal'c. Obviously doesn't have any better luck. He then tries to get in touch with Ivanov, who I guess he's parted ways with, and can't get in touch with him either. Uh-oh. Then some rings activate. Couple Jaffa appear. Sam manages to shoot them very handily. Good job, Sam. Quick reflexes there. She takes them both out, and she goes to take their weapons away from them and put some handcuffs on them. But then, all of a sudden, Nirti appears literally out of nowhere because she had her cloaking device on. I noticed that she is looking amazing and buff and yeah. has great arms. So nice job, Nirti. Yep, yeah. I was like, look at those three guns she's got. Right? Yeah. And so she's at Sam. Jack manages to find them. Nirti is standing over unconscious Sam, pointing a gun at her and threatening to kill her. And Jack's like, well, my weapon kills on the first shot. Yours only kills on the second shot, basically. And I'm like, yeah, but it's she's already had one. Yeah. So, yeah. Nirti asks why he hasn't already fired. Jack says that they need her alive because they need her to fix what she's done to the people. He needs her to help them. She's like, I am helping. They have amazing powers now. 
I guess Jack doesn't actually realize that, so that makes sense why he oh, wouldn't yeah, know what true. she's talking about yet. Because he hasn't seen their telekinetic powers or anything else yet. Nirti looks down at one of our Jaffa, who suddenly wakes up and gets up, tries to pull his staff weapon on Jack. Jack tries to shoot him, but the bullet all of a sudden stops midair, a la The Matrix. And then it suddenly drops to the ground. And we get a flash of Wodan standing in the corner. So apparently it was him. And Jack realizes, oh. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I see. (laughs) So he lets his weapon down. And then she zats him. And unlike last time that he got zatted where he immediately woke back up, he stays unconscious for exactly as long as they need him to. Which was long enough for him to be dragged down to the prison and put in a cell and laid down on a cot. Yep. Where he wakes up. Yeah. I honestly expected him to get right back up after she shot him in the last scene. Like he did the scene before, uh, you know, the last episode that we saw him get zatted in. But nope, not this time. He says he really doesn't like that woman. She's evil, it's true, but I kind of like her too. Um. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I know, she's awful, and yet somehow I like her anyway. I also like Hathor, who was also evil and terrible. True, true. (laughs) Teal'c says his name, and Jack then realizes they're all imprisoned. I like Jonas's wave at Jack when he turns around. (laughs) Jack also takes a moment to make sure that the bars are not going to shock him. As has happened yes. probably many times in the past. Yes, indeed. <laughs> Jonas lets him know what happened to them. Teal'c says Nirti is clearly progressing in her attempt to create a Huck-tar tour. Jonas thinks maybe they're too late, but Sam's like, no, these genetic manipulations are unstable. Which, I guess, yeah, because they still melt. I guess if the people end up liquefying yeah. eventually or <laughs> melting or whatever. Jonas also says that Egger is telepathic because he knew that Jack was planning to kill Nirti. I knew you'd say that. Jack's like, I was not. I'm like, yeah, eventually, Jack, uh-huh. he wanted to kill Nirti. Don't worry. Yeah. So Sam speculates on what other abilities people might have. Superhuman strength, enhanced sentence, sentences. <laughs> I like enhanced sentences. Who doesn't love a good enhanced sentence? Yeah. Yeah. Add in all of the adverbs. Yes. It oh, yeah. Really the best adverbs. <laughs> Maybe some, uh, make sure that you're adding in some good adjectives, yep, too. Yep, yep. Yeah. Yeah. Make it as compound as possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Yep. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Jack gets up on a bench and tries to speak to the other people of the village that are trapped in there with them. And he's like, hey, guys, we're here to rescue you. But, you know, now we're trapped. So maybe if any of you have superpowers, like bending steel with your bare hands or being more powerful than a locomotive, raise your hands. And Jonas is like, must not know what a locomotive is. (laughs) Choo-choo, motherfucker. Which, yes. (laughs) True. Because nobody responds to Jack's little request for assistance. Woden and Egger come in with a not in good shape Ivanov, Ivanov, Ivanov. I don't Yeah. Something along yeah. those lines. Jack's like, mm, we got off on the wrong foot, guys. This is a misunderstanding. Maybe. Sam's like, oh, you think Nirti's really going to keep you alive with your magic superpowers? She's using you, but they are not having that. They just opened the cell and throw Ivanov in there with them. 
Sam and Jack lay him down and say Sam is next. Jack's like, how about I go? And they're like, nope, Nearty said Sam. And they telekinetically block Jack from trying to move forward and take her place. Jack takes another attack and is like, if you can read my mind, you know we're here to help you. Come on. But Edgar's like, yeah, when I look deeper, though, I realized you would sacrifice us all if necessary to destroy <laughs> your tea. And yeah. Yeah. We all know that's true, yeah. even though Jack denies it. <laughs> we all know that's true. Yeah. They take Sam with them, and she's like, well, at least I'll figure out how the machine works. Back in Nearty's lab, she's staring at a crystal, turning it over in her hands, like you do. I like to just sit and stare at a crystal when I'm in lab. Oh, yeah. It's my favorite pastime. My students think it's weird, but, you know, what else am I going to do all, all lab? They'll understand one day when they're scientists, too. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. They're like, but we're learning about muscles today. And I'm like, no, crystal. Can't talk crystal. <laughs> Do your work. Leave me alone. Anyways, <laughs> Carter comes in. Nearty says she's pleased to have such an excellent subject and might even use Sam as a new host someday. And Sam's like, over my dead body. And Nearty's like, unfortunately, that is probably more likely. <laughs> they stick Sam in the machine. This is when I noticed that Wotan had that extra eye behind his <laughs> ear and I was freaking out. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> no, <laughs> I hate that. <laughs> So she turns on the machine, and I can tell you this is exactly how genetic sequencing is done in real life. Somebody stands in a machine, and then a hologram of a strand of DNA appears around them. That is exactly (laughs) true to real life. Wow. The handful of times that I've done DNA extraction and sequencing, it's been just like this. So we're just like the ancients, is what you're saying. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. It's exactly what I'm saying. And that's that scene. Back down in the prison, Ivanov wakes up, says that he's sorry, he shouldn't have allowed himself to be captured. Jack's like, you know, whatever, we're all here, basically. <laughs> Asks if Ivanov got a message out, but Ivanov was not able to, so they are hoping that the rest of his team would have gone through the gate as they were supposed to when SG-1.25, with Ivanov here, never returned. Ivanov says he doesn't know what... The machine does, but that he can tell something is different. Something is wrong. And then he asks where Carter is. And everyone looks somber. And then we go back to Sam, who's done her time in the machine. She collapses out of it when they open it back up. And then they call Jonas next. Woo. Mm-hmm. Edgar and Woden bring Sam back to the prison. She is not looking great. Nope, not as wet as the other guy was or as Ivanov is, yeah. but a little sweaty. Yeah, Alibran. Alibran, there we go. Yeah. They put her in the cell and Jack's like, hey, tell Nirti I'm next, okay? Pick me. <laughs> he really wants to go see Nirti. He really does. Well, he's an old hand at torture at this point and dying. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> but they're like, no, it's Jonas this time. I don't imagine that you can come back from being liquefied by using a sarcophagus. Yeah. Maybe if they if they mop you up, how much <laughs> of your fluids would they need to mop up and dump into the sarcophagus in order to reconstitute a person? Maybe if they liquefy you right in the sarcophagus, like if you were experimenting with this, mm-hmm. you'd have all your bits. Yeah. So maybe it would work. Right. Because I would think if they're just trying to mop you up, they might miss something important. Like, you know, like an entire lobe of your brain or your digestive system or something. 
maybe a lung. Yeah, and that sort of yeah. asks the question too, like if you've been blown to bits or say the back of your head was cut off by a stargate. <laughs> by if a stargate, yeah. put both parts in, will it reattach right. and make you alive or are you too dead for that? I would think if you had both parts there that it should work, but if you might be missing a part, I guess that's my main question yeah. is like, how much of a person can be missing in order for them to be able to bring them back? And also, yes, is liquefaction too much? <laughs> you ain't getting any debtor from that. <laughs> so true. So true. Woden and Egger head towards Jonas's cell and open the door. Jonas tries to charge them. That was brave, Jonas. I appreciated it. Yeah. And while he's able to push Egger against the wall... When Tilk tries to get involved, Woden's like, nope, and slams the door shut on him. Tilk tries to fight that, but no. And Jonas then, after this, like, why wasn't he doing this before? Lifts his arm and tries to throw a punch, but it's too late because Woden's attention is already back on them. Yeah. And he stops him from hitting Egger. I was also wondering why <laughs> he waited for that. Good try. Waited just long enough. Yeah, good try, Jonas, I guess. Yeah. Jonas is like, you didn't see that coming, did you? <laughs> Woden warns them to not try anything like that again. And they head on out of there. In the cell still, Jack is concerned about Sam. And is like, you're going to make it through. You're going to be all right. And she's like, I don't think so. <laughs> not good. No. Back in the lab, Jonas is there saying he's heard a whole lot about Nirti. Suddenly, Nirti is surprised. To realize that Jonas isn't human, but Jonas is like, no, I'm human. I'm just not from Earth. A ghoul took us and enslaved us for a long time. And Nirti's like, too bad it wasn't me. <laughs> she runs her machine for a little bit, looks confused, has to change some of the settings, and then tells Jonas that those few thousand years on another world have changed him more than he can know. I was wondering if this were hints for some later plot point. Yeah, I was too. It seems like it is, but I don't remember it ever coming back. Yeah. Maybe it does. We'll find out, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Back down in the prison, Ivanov isn't looking so good, and he starts coughing and says something is happening, asks for a glass of water. We all know he doesn't need a glass of water right <laughs> now, though. They talk about the fact that he's not in good shape and seems to be suffering from the same symptoms of Alibrand, so we all know where this is headed. SG-1, meanwhile, is trying to figure out why Eager doesn't just, Egger doesn't just read Nirti's mind to know what's truly going on if he can read everyone else's mind. Tilk thinks maybe he's afraid to look into the mind of someone he thinks is a god. Sam is not doing so well. She looks like she's in pain, but then tells everyone that she's fine when they seem concerned. So Jack orders her to get some rest. Evenoff starts coughing. And then off screen, we hear a big splash. <laughs> and everyone is just looking over off screen towards where the splash came from. I'm guessing they used all of their special effects budget for the week on Alibrand. Yeah. So they had to do this one <laughs> out of view. That was also my thought. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I also liked in the scene where uh, he tells Sam to get some rest. And she does by leaning her head against Jack and closing That's her true. eyes. That's true. Yeah. It's adorable. Like, Aw. Yeah. He could lay on a cot or he could lean on Jack. Yep. Yeah. He seems like he'd be cozy. Yeah. 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 Jonas wakes up elsewhere. He is getting the comfy treatment. He wakes yeah. up uh on a cushion with a bunch of pillows. Yeah, he's getting the Daniel 
as treated by Hathor. Yeah, kind of yeah, yeah. We also see him wake up sort of through like a corner. I couldn't tell if it was through Nearty's leg or her armpit. I don't know. We oh, see I didn't him even notice. Through, like, <laughs> yeah, it's like that sort of triangle. Like you're looking at him through her. Gotcha. Uh, I somehow missed that part. <laughs> Maybe because I was busy typing about the special effects in the last scene that were lacking. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Jonas is like, what am I doing here? And she's like, well, you're different. And you're much closer than the others, Guessing, I'm guessing, to her uh, ideal yeah. hot, 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 not hot talk. That's not the word. My God, I can't think of the word now. That, that's along the Anyway, the superhuman. Perfection human. Yeah. Sur- yes, perfection human. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Superhuman. There we go. That's the word I was looking for. Perfect human or superhuman. (laughs) She says he is much closer to that than the others. And with her help, he could complete the transformation. And Jonas is like, and look like the others? (laughs) She's like, no, no. You're capable of so much more. She starts the flattery. Mm -hmm. You're capable of more than the petty tasks that life among the Tauri can offer. I noticed, too, she changed her outfit. Still looking very good. Right? Okay. Yeah. Still super buff. Yep. Shows off all her muscles yep. even better and her cleavage for that matter. Yeah. She leans in very, very close to Jonas sitting next to him and is basically like nuzzling his neck this whole scene. Yes. <laughs> or his face, the side of his face too. <laughs> Jonas is like, I'm cool with my life. I like it. And she's like, you could be super powerful with me. Even more powerful than what you've seen in Wodan and the others. And Jonas is like, well, that's an interesting offer, but you can't give me those powers unless you're sure I won't use them against you. And she's like, once I share those powers, we could both rule the galaxy (laughs) and the rest of the people are unnecessary. (laughs) Jonas is like, well, slowly he says this, trying to, I don't know. Like he's he's thinking about it, but but not really. He's like, oh, I can only imagine what it'd be like to have powers like that. What would I do? Hmm. I guess I'd free my friends and kill you. But maybe not in that order. It was very cool of him. It was entertaining. (laughs) Nerti does not like this, so she hits Jonas and knocks him on the ground. And tells Wodan to take him away and bring O'Neill. And she says that... Once you see what's happened to the others, maybe you'll change your mind. And because we haven't in a while had a good eye flashy for yeah. no reason, she flashes her gold eyes. Yeah. I want to be able to glow my eyes at people when I'm angry. That would be fun. Right? It really would. Yeah. yeah. Or just to threaten them. Exactly. Just glow my eyes at them. Yeah, or maybe just for fun once in a while, because it's fun to flash right. things. Right. I don't know. Or like when I'm trying to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night oh my and God. it's dark in my house and I don't want to turn the lights on, yes. I could just glow my eyes to light my way there. Yeah. Yeah. I would have all kinds of uses for it. It'd be great. Can they keep it on? Or is it just flash I once? I think that they can. Haven't we seen them keep their eyes glowy for a while? At least in the movie oh, we true. did. I don't remember if we've seen that in the show or not. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. If yeah. you could just use your eyes as flashlights, that would be amazing. It'd be fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> down in the prison, Jonas is returned and asks where even off is. They tell him he's dead and went out the same way that Alibran did. Jack then yells at Woden and is like, yeah, you heard me. Your brother's dead. Near to kill them. <laughs> they then ask Eager why they don't take a look in her head. Eggert says that that is forbidden. And Jack's like, yeah, who'd have thought? 
At this point, I was looking up who Wodan might be because I thought he looked vaguely familiar. It's Shaka. Oh, really? Yeah. Nice. Right? Yeah. I was very amused to realize that. He's played a couple other characters, too. Yeah. I think we saw him, like, once without all the makeup on. He played, like, just some random yeah soldier. But, yeah, this was the same guy that played Shaka. Nice. Yeah. Jack yells at them that they just killed a good man and she's going to do the same thing to all the rest of us. And Jonas tries to convince them that together all of them can be stronger than Nirti is. Woden uses his powers to pull Jack towards the cell door. Jack's like, you don't need to drag me there, basically. He (laughs) just goes willingly on his own because it's his turn. On the way to Nirti's lab, Jack has a little heart-to-heart with them and is like, you're right, I did want to kill her. But if you have any doubts at all, just look into her mind for the briefest of seconds and you'll also want to kill her for what she's done to your people. Hell yeah, you do. Woden and Egger look a bit skeptical, but (laughs) not completely skeptical. They don't say anything. And finally, Jack gets the seniority. He's been asking for it (laughs) the whole episode. He has. He asks if she can undo what she's done to Sam, and she says, if I want. Jack's like, remember when I let you go? I honored that. And she's like, I told you I wouldn't, so I don't know what you expect. I'm a ghoul. (laughs) Then he tries to ask her to fix what he's done to Sam, let his team go, and you can do whatever you want to him. And she says, yes, Colonel, I can. But what she means is she can do whatever she wants anyway. Yeah, she doesn't need to let them go (laughs) in order for that to happen. Honorable Jack, but yeah. kind of meaningless. <laughs> Nearty starts to dial up her machine, and Jack takes a moment to look over at Egger. Egger takes a moment, and then suddenly he's like, Stop! Jack's right! <laughs> Nearty's like, Uh oh. <laughs> Surprised, like, Uh oh, what's going on? Yeah. Woden's like, my brother and Egger lets him know, yes, she did kill him and murdered hundreds of their people, and she's gonna kill them too. Yeah. Who'd have thought? Yeah. Nearty calls her guards, but Woden pulls their weapons away and then also for good measure force chokes them and kills them. Yep. It's not the force, but you know. It's yeah. yeah. It's essentially the force. Kinda. Nearty's trying to hold on to her power and is like, I command you. But then he (laughs) starts telekinetically choking her, too. And I thought it was really funny as she was being lifted off the floor, like her face and her movement and then her feet dangling. It wasn't funny. I mean, he's killing her, but it was kind of (laughs) comical. I don't know. I guess it was funny is what I'm saying. Fair. Neither Jack nor Nearty want Woden to kill her. No. Because Jack needs her to help his people and Sam. And Nirti's like, I'm a god and I can make you real powerful if you don't kill me. But Woden snaps her neck. Yeah. And she dies. Lands on the floor. Gold dead. Another system lord dead. Yeah. Although technically SG-1 didn't kill her this time. True. But True. they were responsible, I'd say. They were. Yeah. In a way, for sure. Yeah. They're the ones that convinced her followers that she was bad. Exactly. Wodan says she deserved to die. And Jack's like, well, she was Sam's only chance. But Edgar's like, actually, I uh, 
figured out what we need to do by looking into her mind before Wodan killed her. So we're cool. Good job, Edgar. Yeah. So we can take care of everything. It's going to be great. Convenient. Yes. Also. They go down to the prison and get Carter, who doesn't seem like she's got a whole lot of time left. And then next we're in the lab and Sam is all better. Woo! Yeah. They thank Wodan and Edgar for what they've done. And basically Wodan and Edgar are thankful back to SG-1 for showing them the truth. Jack's like, yeah, hail Dorothy, Wicked Witch is dead. And of course, no one has any idea what he's talking about. <laughs> no. He's like, it's a movie. Margaret Hamilton, who played the Wicked Witch, if anyone doesn't know the name, which I didn't. I actually had to look it up. I'm like, who is she in that? <laughs> so they're going to fix what few people remain and try to get back to their lives and rebuild their village, which I do not believe they have any females left. So they've apparently got maybe one generation left before the village dies out anyway. Oh, dear. Sam says they want to get to know each other a little bit better and maybe get a chance to study the machine. But Jack is like, no, we need to get that destroyed. And Sam's like, but it could be great. And no, Jack <laughs> wants it destroyed and the locals say they are going to destroy it. <laughs> Sam is disappointed, but Jack does get her to acknowledge that it is for the best if the thing is destroyed. So then Jack triumphantly declares to Oz And again, everyone just stares at him confused. (laughs) As Jack is trying to explain yet again that it's part of the movie, Sam just kind of mouths thanks to them as she tries to back him out of the room and get him going on the way home. The episode ends with Wodan stepping into the machine and Edgar activating it. Whoa! Did you like the episode? I did like this episode. Excellent. Yeah, there was a lot to like about it, I feel like. Nearty looking great, first of all. Right? Yeah, she looked amazing. Yeah. yeah. And second of all, there were a lot of things that were unintentionally comical that I enjoyed in this. <laughs> like the Jaffa exploding and Yeah. Um what was the other thing I was laughing at? Tilk. Tilk, yes. Flailing his arms Tilk and flailing. falling to the ground yeah. comically. I am happy that near T is no longer going to torture people so i guess that's good even though yeah. she's a good villain i thought i mean even though they as you mentioned at the beginning make crazy leaps of logic in what near T is doing to them like yeah it it like it was at least in line with what she had been doing and sort of a continuation right. of her experiments and so i thought it was a good plot that way <laughs> mm-hmm um, it is unfortunate they had the one Russian guy there who died because he was the one person who ha- could die in that scene <laughs> in, that, in that episode. Of course. Um, Poor Ivanov. Ivanov. Ivanov, yeah. I mean, it gets a little tedious sometimes with them arguing about how somebody's not a god when no one's listening to them. But right. in this... That is a common theme yeah. throughout the series. In this, yeah. it seemed okay because at least they had somebody who could, like, I don't know, read their thoughts and believe them for that way. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so I just, overall, I thought it was a very entertaining episode. Kept my interest. Yeah. Nice. How about you? I did like the episode. Like you said, a lot of it was pretty entertaining. I do actually not have an issue with the science. I think it actually might be plausible to be able to edit people's DNA using some kind of advanced technology. I mean, like not necessarily a machine like this that like reads your DNA, like I said, and like (laughs) has a magical hologram around you and stuff like that. But we're getting close to being able to edit people's DNA 
with the technology that we have now. So if you think about where we might be a couple hundred or thousands of years from now with that sort of technology, we might be able to do some pretty amazing things ah. as far as editing people's DNA goes. To think that a civilization that was around way longer than humans have been would have technology that can change people's DNA, I find that plausible. Whether or not you could get them to be telekinetic, no, nah, I don't find <laughs> telekinesis or um, you know being able to read somebody's mind necessarily a plausible result of that DNA change, but I was able to look past that part and enjoy the episode for Fair. what it was. Uh, yeah, so overall, I thought it was a good episode. There were a lot of entertaining parts, whether they were intending to be entertaining <laughs> or not, like we were talking about before. It was just some of the scenes that were a little ridiculous, but it was a good episode. Yeah. yeah. So what's next? Next is Season 6, Episode 17, Disclosure. General Hammond and the Pentagon are forced to reveal the existence of the Stargate to other world governments. Ooh. Ooh. Playing off fears that the U.S. military has too much control, Senator Kinsey suggests that Hammond be relieved of his command and that the civilian-run NID oversee the Stargate program. Haven't we done this before, Kinsey? Pretty sure we have. <laughs> Pretty sure. Let's see right. what the TVDB says. General Hammond and the Pentagon reveal the existence of the Stargate to other world governments and must defend the fact that the program is operated by the United States military. That makes it kind of sound more boring. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I will take the Kinsey I, intrigue, please. Yeah, the booklet sounds more interesting than the TVDB description does. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's that. That is that. Thanks so much, everybody, for listening. Please subscribe and like our podcast wherever possible. Please review it if you can. That would be awesome. Tell all your Yay. friends and family about it. Yes. If you would like to get in touch with us, please do so in any of these ways. You can email us at stargatesing at gmail.com. You can go to our website, stargatesing.space, where you can leave us voicemail or use the contact form. You can also visit us on social media and even... Through Instagram, I have seen send us messages if you so chose. Mm -hmm. Instagram is at Stargazing, and we are on Mastodon as well at Stargazing at Mastodon.world. Finally, if you are feeling generous and can give us a hand with the finances of this podcast <laughs> slash operational costs. Operational costs. Yes, there we slash go. Time commitments. Yeah. Slash sometimes there's bonus content you there is bonus content yeah. come visit us at patreon.com slash stargazing yeah i'm kathy thanks yeah i'm mary and you have been listening to stargazing the end the end Now I'm playing Event Horizon. All right. Not Event Horizon. Jeez. Horizon Zero Dawn. Event Horizon is a terrible movie. <laughs> Horizon Zero Dawn is they a fun game. You haven't made a, a game out of that terrible movie. <laughs> yeah. Can't, can't imagine why. Awful movie. <laughs>